You are listening to Her Guided Evolution, a weekly podcast created to help Black mothers be consistent with their self-care and take daily action toward well-being. I'm your host, Shanice Jones-Cameron, a mom of three, wife, and PhD student. I created the show to connect you with tools and resources to help you commit to a healthier lifestyle, manage stress, and prioritize your personal growth. Now, let's start the show. Hey, and welcome back to episode 17 of Her Guided Evolution. For today's show notes, you can go to herguidedevolution.com forward slash episode 17. So in today's episode, I am going to be sharing tips on how you might enjoy motherhood, even when the days are long and difficult. So in episode six of the podcast, I talked about how you might have more patience with your kids. And if you're struggling to have patience with your kids right now, you are not alone. (laughs) But I do invite you to go check out that episode. You can kind of think of this episode as a continuation of that conversation in some ways. So as a parent, I know even with all the support and resources that I have, which I am very grateful for, and I'm so fortunate It's still hard out here being a parent. You have to have so much patience as a parent. Like you have to be constantly attentive to everything that your children need. And then like it's this added burden of like the mom shaming that is so pervasive. And the fear that people might judge you harshly if you complain or if you even admit that Some days are harder than others, and it just adds a lot of pressure. And you might feel like you can't admit how much you're struggling or how tired and how frustrated you are. And I understand feeling like you have to watch everything you say about your kids and about being a mom because you might be afraid that people are just going to judge you and act like you shouldn't be feeling this way and you should always be in this place of gratitude and happiness and all of these things. And look, being responsible for tiny humans is hard. Having to take care of another person or sometimes other people and their basic needs, like that is a lot. And especially when you're parenting in 2020, when you're limited in how much you can do, you may have limited childcare and help because you're trying to limit who you come in contact with and who your kids come in contact with. And you're limited in where you can go. Like that makes it even more of a challenge. And that's why I want to begin this episode just kind of acknowledging that there is so much parent shaming going on, even like in this time of 2020 where everything is really like chaotic and just a mess. Like there's still a lot of parent shaming going on. I just want to lead with this notion that it's never my intention to add to that. It's okay. If you don't enjoy being a mother all the time, look, I, just going to say I don't enjoy being a mother all the time. I mean, I do my best to stay in the moment, but I don't enjoy it all the time. And it's hard to admit because I feel like as parents, we're not really allowed or given the space to say this all the time. In fact, I will say one of the things that surprised me, like when I became a parent was all of these standards and mom shaming. And in hindsight, I don't, know why that surprised me that should not have been surprising at all but 
I don't know. It's just very strange. I mean, for me, like I'm definitely a helicopter parent. Like I can count on my hands a number of times or a number of nights I've spent away from my kids like voluntarily. Like I'm very conscious of what they eat. They're on a schedule. I'm super conscious of screen time. And my parenting style is very like attentive and loving. Like I'm always hugging them and telling them I love them but I'm also like very authoritative in some ways what I like to do is like kind of a tip I got from my mom that she tells me all the time is even though my kids are two and four like I will talk to them exactly how I'm talking to you on this podcast a lot of times where I'll say like okay well you have two choices you can either continue having a tantrum and then you'll have to go spend quiet time upstairs you can kind of collect yourself and your emotions or you can sit down here and have the snack And we can proceed on with our day and do our activities. Which one would you like to do? And even my two-year-olds, oftentimes they'll look at me and be like, I would like to have a snack. And that's just an example. Like if they're just throwing a tantrum because they want oranges instead of bananas for snack, I'm just like, look, these are your options. You choose which one works for you. We can roll like that. And so I talk to my kids just like that. And so I am very much um, a loving parent, but I'm also authoritative with trying to give them some autonomy there. So I'm, I try to be very conscious of the type of parent that I am. And honestly, when I take a step back and think about it, I'm probably the type of parent that a lot of people would assume that I will probably be super judgmental because I am the mom who researches everything and is very specific about my kids schedule and their entertainment and what they're exposed to. But that's not me. At least I try to be very conscious of like any judgmental thoughts that I have about other people's parenting because I truly believe in people's autonomy and that parents know what's best for their families and parents can make the best decisions for them and their families given their unique circumstances because everybody is different. Everyone has different circumstances. And I also recognize that I'm very fortunate and privileged to have the support and the resources that I have. So I really don't get the need to do all this mom shaming and parent shaming. Like most of us are just doing the best we can and just want to reinforce it is okay if you don't enjoy being a parent or and or being a mom all the time like it's all right I mean just because you're a mom that doesn't mean that you're not also human you are a person and you are are entitled to experience the full range of emotions that you may have on any given day especially when you are with your kids (laughs) but I know that that is easier said than done I am very much familiar with the guilt that comes along with when you lose your temper and yell a little bit more than you would like to. And those are the moments I think where you might feel the most inadequate and least capable of being a good mother. Like I get it. I mean, your girl has twin toddlers and a four-year-old. So (laughs) I also get the desire to want to be more present with your kids and enjoy motherhood despite the fact that it could be very challenging a lot of days. So this episode, this is my attempt to help you not only cope with the current bizarre moment that we're in, but to help you thrive and actually enjoy those precious moments with your babies. So I'll give you a few suggestions on how you might enjoy motherhood more. And of course, my kids are small. I have two-year-old boy-girl twins and a four-year-old daughter. So a lot of this is going to be most applicable to moms with young children. But 
if not, you may be able to adapt some of this if you have um, kids that are somewhat older than mine, but just kind of proceed with the recognition that I have two-year-olds and a four-year-old. Okay, so the first thing that I recommend if you want to try and enjoy motherhood more is to reframe how you label your child. And I got this from the book Raising Your Spirited Child. I've mentioned it on the podcast before. I will link it in the show notes. But the author, she talks about being cognizant about how you are labeling your child. So, for example, you may think about, do you talk about your child negatively and label them as bad or irritating? And I've found that just asking yourself, like, am I labeling my child negatively? Um, How is the way that I think about my child's behavior? How is that impacting the way I interact with my child, the way I see my child, the way... I am able to enjoy myself in the moment with my child or if I'm not able to enjoy myself in the moment. And this can help you recognize that you're irritated and help you work on why you may be feeling frustrated. And this type of recognition of how you are possibly labeling your child, it can help you kind of cope with the behavior that is not the behavior that you necessarily want them to take. So let me give you an example. So my son, he is always climbing on things. I mean, he is often climbing on the TV stand, climbing on chairs. I mean, all my kids climb on things, but my son seems to especially love climbing on things. And In my mind, me being the anxious parent that I am, I'm just always like, oh my gosh, danger, danger everywhere. But (laughs) my son loves climbing on things and it stresses me out. He especially loves climbing. So he'll climb on the back of the couch, he'll climb on the TV stand. And this used to irritate me so badly. And I mean, it still bothers me, but it used to really irritate me. It used to be very, very frustrating Until finally, I was able to kind of step back from it and think like, okay, I am like kind of labeling this behavior as irritating, but what, if I take a step back and kind of look at this objectively, what is actually going on here? And one of the things that I started recognizing was that he would often climb on things when he needed a diaper change or when he wanted like some attention or something. So in my mind, I would naturally go to, oh my gosh, it's so irritating. Oh my gosh, he's going to fall. Oh my goodness, he's going to get hurt. Or like now that I kind of stopped and tried to like prompt myself to think about this a bit more objectively, I was able to reframe it and say like, oh, like my son is not like irritating or necessarily frustrating. He's determined and he's really good at getting my attention when he needs something. So that little reframing, like it just kind of helps me appreciate that about him and allows me to see some of the traits that I would automatically find irritating or something that I would find to be really frustrating in the moment. It allows me to see it as something that's unique to him in kind of a strength of his personality. So for you, I want you to think about what is a good quality that for instance, if you have a child who screams and throws tantrum, what is what how might you spend that and reframe that in your mind? Is that like a sign that your child is persistent, determined, 
a good communicator and that they're able to get your attention. And I think this can help you change your mindset around how you see your child and their behavior. And once you can kind of do that reframing, I think that can be one way that you can work on enjoying motherhood a bit more when you are able to take a different perspective on some of the behavior that you might find particularly irritating and or frustrating. The second thing that I suggest is that you be intentional about teaching your child or your children and very attentive to their learning. So one of the things that I have been working on is trying to recognize that it is such a privilege and an honor and a gift to be a mother. And I just kind of keep in mind, like, I have been chosen to guide and teach these tiny humans. And it is just so amazing when I stop and think about it. It's amazing to see the world through their eyes. And with young children, their minds are just like sponges. And they're so curious and eager to learn about the world. And so just kind of putting myself in that place where I'm recognizing like oh they're just so curious and this is an opportunity to like foster their love of learning and that's something that I kind of try and remind myself of so I love teaching my children and being intentional about educating them about the world around them and you can do this intentionally by like teaching your kids vocabulary words and like stopping and telling them what words mean like one of the things that I often do I try not to assume like okay my child is too young to understand this word or this definition of this word no like I'm constantly like stopping and when I use a certain word I'll tell them like okay this is what this means so I'll give you an example um a few days ago it was so funny it was so cute so I gave my kids like some um there were frozen pineapples and I just kind of thawed them out and I gave that to them for snack. And my four-year-old, she finished eating her pineapples and she got up from the table and she was like, Hmm, that was delectable. (laughs) And so, and sometimes my kids like, they'll surprise me all the time. Like with like the words that they know. And I'm just like, Oh, I think I I use that word. And like, they're picking up on that slash I'll stop and like tell them the definitions of words and things like that. So like that joy and my love of words, like I'm trying to pass that on to them. And that's something that I find really helps me to just kind of enjoy the moment a lot more because I'm recognizing like, Oh, like they are picking up on things. They're so curious. They're learning. Like they're, they're expanding their vocabulary every day because I'm stopping and taking the time to teach them and explain things to them. So that's something to kind of think about. Um, Another thing that you can do, like if you're cooking or you're doing something for work and you're trying to multitask, stop and explain like the tasks that you're doing to your children. So for instance, let's say you are working or sending an email real quick. You can take the time and walk your children through the process. So you can say something to the effect of mommy is sending an email to one of my colleagues and we're going to work on putting this event together and the event is going to be this way and we're doing it virtually. And what this does is this like piques their curiosity and makes them feel like they're included and like you're giving them attention because I know because I have young children They often want to come up to me, hang on me, climb on me when I'm sitting in the chair or sitting at the table. And so oftentimes I'll stop and I'll just explain whatever it is that I'm doing. And I mean, sometimes they just won't care, obviously, but other times they're just like, oh, really? And so like, it's funny because I'll see like my kids, they'll often take their little like toy computer and they'll be like, mommy, I'm sending emails. And (laughs) 
it just becomes one of those things where it's like they're constantly learning from you by observing you. So why not take that time to engage them and teach them just about what you're doing and kind of like integrate them into like your workday in a way that makes them feel like they're getting attention and in a way that also won't necessarily slow you down as much as if they were just kind of falling out and having a tantrum because they want attention that you aren't necessarily able to give them to the degree that they would want it. And so another thing you can do is go outside and take them for walks and use that as a time for teaching. So if you're like us and you're still like social distancing and staying home, you're probably tired of being in the house. Like even me, like I'm really tired of being in the house, but a lot of days it's very difficult for me to motivate myself to leave the house So I know it can be difficult to motivate yourself to leave the house, especially if, you know, quarantine, social distancing. But one of the things to keep in mind, your kids are tiny humans and they get tired of being in the house just like us. So even though you'll probably feel like it's too much to get them ready and to do all that, try to get them out at least once a week. At least that's what I'm telling myself. So I just think in general, it could be good to get some fresh air, getting some sunlight and some vitamin D. It's just good for everybody. It gives you an opportunity to get away from your phone and electronics. Is them a time to get away from electronics and the TV? And then you can use this time when you're outside to start teaching your kids things about nature, to start helping them gain an appreciation of nature. So, for example, it's fall right now and fall is my favorite season so like I love going out when the weather is just like really crisp where it's not too hot it's not too cold and like my husband he laughs at me all the time Chris he laughs at me all the time because my preference is like overcast not super sunny and not like just straight up like gray outside but I love when it's like crisp the air is crisp and it's like a little bit like partly cloudy I'll say rather than overcast And so I really love when it's partly cloudy, but fall weather is my favorite season. So I'm more likely to take my kids out in the fall than I am to go out in the blazing sun in the summertime. North Carolina summers are no joke or going out in the winter when it's like freezing or spring because I have allergies and that's pollen, not fun. So fall is by far my favorite season. So when I go outside, I'll use this time to tell my kids, you know, this is mommy's favorite season because the weather is cooler than summer. And look, the leaves are turning brown and they fall down on the ground in the fall. And fall is also called autumn. And you remember when we were going for walks and it was hot outside? That was summertime. Now it's fall. The season has changed. It's so much cooler. And then it'll be winter. So just it sounds like girl duh but to kids it's like oh this is so cool it's fall and they start appreciating like the gorgeous colors of the leaves and the crisp weather and you're just kind of helping them learn how to ground themselves in the moment this is also kind of a mindfulness practice when you're explaining everything that's around them and you're helping them to develop this love and this appreciation for nature and so these are the moments that I think you can really take advantage of because teaching them is a time where it could just be enjoyable for you. You get them excited for like your walks because it's a time where you're engaging with them and teaching them and taking the time to give them attention. And so I think these are some of the times where you can just immerse yourself 
in these kind of activities and really enjoy teaching your children and focusing on like part of being a parent is being their guide and helping them learn. And so that's one of the things that I find really enjoyable that you may consider incorporating more intentionally into your day if you're not already doing that. And so my last suggestion, number three, is to create traditions and space for quality time. So me, I am a big fan of corny family traditions. You may have already guessed that. <laughs> so Chris and I have been rewatching Girlfriends since it's on Netflix. And Girlfriends is one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, And now that I'm older... I am recognizing that when it comes to holidays, as corny as Joan is, she is me and I am her. Um, My holiday obsession is kind of real, the older that I get. But um, for example, like we have a Halloween tradition. Um, We started it with my little brother and sister. They're actually my husband's brother and sister. But one of our Halloween traditions is to watch Hocus Pocus every year because I'm a 90s kid, of course. My husband is kind of a 90s kid. He's like six years older than me, but he would probably still consider himself a 90s kid. But one of the things that we do around Halloween is we watch Hocus Pocus and we eat Halloween candy together. And so now that we have like small children that's something that we're planning to do together and these traditions become a great way for you to just make memories as a family and it gives you something special to look forward to with your kids so I'm sure I'll be able to look back at 2020 which is a very bizarre and chaotic year I'll be able to look back at 2020 as the first year all of our kids were somewhat able to follow Hocus Pocus because they're two and four right now and when they're 15 and 17 and on their phones the whole time or whatever technology will be the thing in, I don't know, 13 years from now, when they're on their phones the whole time, we're watching Hocus Pocus. I know that I'll look back on the time when they were two and four years old and just really miss these days. So think about holiday traditions that you had as a kid and create your own with your children. Even if you can't think of any holiday traditions that you have with your family, so you can think about Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter and even holidays that don't necessarily may not be as significant in your mind. You can make a tradition around that. And so another thing that I suggest with this is being very intentional about creating space for quality time around anything that you have to do regularly. So this can be playing a playlist that you all love as a family during bath time um whenever I'm with my kids at night for example I often try to make sure that I call my parents over FaceTime and we'll FaceTime with my parents and my parents love that my kids love that and that just kind of gives me a time where it's like oh we're spending quality time in the evening and making sure that we're FaceTiming family and another thing like I'm braiding my four-year-old daughter's hair today and she has like a ton of hair so it's a thing and it I have to oftentimes do a lot of like mind management around that because it takes a long time. She's very tender headed. She's oftentimes like fighting me about like doing her hair and not wanting to sit down for her. Although she loves like the, the results when she gets her hair done. Like she is so incredibly like <laughs> clothes and fashion and hair and wants to play my makeup. So she's definitely one of those kids, but she, 
is very tender-headed, so she doesn't necessarily enjoy the process of getting her hair done. But I'm braiding her hair today, and I'm trying to make myself stay in the moment because I recognize that one day she won't need me to do her hair. She'll be doing her own hair, or she'll be wanting to get her hair done professionally. But right now, she needs me to do her hair. And of course, for Black mothers, doing our daughter's hair is a time where we're bonding and often teaching them and having conversations. And so I try to make a point to make doing her hair like that quality time and something that we do as like a mother and a daughter and really kind of immerse myself in that moment and create space for that quality time since it's something that I'm going to have to do regularly and just kind of making it a ritual in some ways. So as you can see from this episode, enjoying time with your kids, it's it's not about trying to ignore your frustration or your irritation. It's about staying in the moment and reframing how you see your children, feeling the joy of teaching them and creating space for traditions and quality time. So for this week's introspection, um, I don't really have one this week. I've just been in this place where I am once again trying to be okay with my anxiety and my lack of motivation sometimes. I am just someone, I just recognize that I'm so blessed and fortunate, but I still have a brain that wants to jump to the worst case scenarios and worst possible what ifs. And I just want to tell you, if you are someone who struggles with anxiety and your anxiety is in overdrive because this year is, this year is what it is, just letting you know you're not alone and it's no shame in reaching out to your network, seeking help, getting the support you need. And my heart goes out to anyone who struggles in this way and finds themselves in a situation where It's just kind of compounded by everything that's going on. So I just want to leave you with this thought of just take care of yourself. Um, No shame in struggling. And I will talk to you next week. Take care and be well. Thanks so much for listening to Her Guided Evolution. Don't forget to grab my free daily self-care plan, a guide that outlines exactly what you can do in the morning, afternoon, and evening to support your well-being. You can grab the guide at herguidedevolution.com forward slash plan. Once you sign up, I'll also send you free weekly emails to help you stay inspired and motivated on your well-being journey. Take care and I'll talk to you next week.